0: And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. This is hour number two. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, around the world on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Stock Talk Star Radio Network, and our good friends at iHeartRadio. If you'd like to uh, check us out on any of the social media sites, Radio TV, and to find out about the great programming we have available for you 24-7, 365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net Before I get to my next guest, don't forget we have a brand new show, show starting this uh, coming uh, oh, two weeks from now I believe, yeah. Craig, two weeks for Dr. A. My producer and good friend Craig West on the other side of the glass said yes, in two weeks Dr. A is with us and that's Dr. Angela Wagner. She is starting her show here exclusively on the Exome Broadcast Network and our affiliates. Ask drangelica.com My guest this hour explanation is Nikki Scully and uh, Nikki founded Shamanic Journeys Limited and uh, continues to guide inner journeys and organize spiritual pilgrimages to Egypt and other sacred sites. Nikki lives in Eugene, Oregon where she maintains a healing and shamanic consulting practice. Nikki is focusing on tele-video classes, her free planetary healing calls to action, and promoting and teaching classes from her new book, uh, let me see, Secmet Transformation in the Belly of the Goddess, including workshops and presentations at gatherings, conferences, and festivals worldwide. Her website, shamanicjourneys.com. And Nikki, welcome back to the X-O-N-U Traveling Devil you. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. So where I'm have you, where have you been lately, Nikki? Every time I talk to you, you've been somewhere else fascinating in this world, but still bringing people to sacred sites.
1: Well... Actually, I've stopped traveling at that level. I've uh, turned the travel part to um, one of my partners, Mm -hmm. uh, Indigo Ronlove, and she's leading, I think, two or three trips this year. Wow. Uh, One in February, one in March, and one again in September. And so we're still doing it. It's still we'll do it as long as we think it's safe, and the minute we get a no, yeah, we're done.
0: Let me ask you, Nikki. This is something that I've that that I've often wondered after you've been on the show, but you have clicked a memory. How do you how do you and your team, you know, kind of figure out if it's a safe place to go, if, you're, if your if uh, travelers are going to be in any sort of danger, and how do you how do you protect them while you're in quasi safe areas?
1: Well, actually, if you look at the world right now, what is a guaranteed safe area?
0: Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) good point. I
1: mean, you know, you take the same chance when you walk out the door in any city in this country than you do in Egypt, except in Egypt, they really don't want anything to happen to you. So you're under a tremendous amount of security.
0: So you're probably safe. Very subtle. So you're probably safer in Egypt than you are in any major American city.
1: I would say so. Um, I mean, there's places I won't go. I won't take my groups to Sinai, for example, because there's been problems there. I won't take them to even to Siwa at this time or into the Western Desert. Um, I, I won't go into places that I don't feel is safe and I have developed, since I started going in 1978, a, a really good relationship with not only the people that organized for me over there who really know their way around and are experienced, but with the pantheon. And so, I mean, if somebody has a dream, or that uh, would be more of a nightmare... <laughs> Um, we would stop. We wow. ask almost on a daily basis, is everything still clear? And things are clear. And the minute we get a not clear, it's over.
0: I'd like to talk to you about your new book called Sekhmet, um, Transformation in the Belly of the Goddess. Who is Sekhmet?
1: Sekhmet is the lioness-headed lioness headed Goddess of Egypt, who is um, a very fiercely compassionate. And although she's known as the god of war and destruction, she's also that quintessential healing goddess of Egypt. And it's in her aspect as a healing goddess. And as a guardian of Maat, which is both goddess and concept for um, truth, balance, justice, and cosmic law. And when things get out of whack like they are now, mm-hmm. as they're certainly out of balance right now, and we've kind of gone past the tipping point, so that's when Sekhmet is called in, to make it right, to bring things back into balance. So what she's doing with this book is training people by um, shamanically actually devouring them when they they the first part of the book there is the preparation for a shamanic death, illumination and rebirth. And you spend the a lot of time preparing and tying knots for all the things you want to change about your character, your physical health, your mental health, your emotional well-being and your prayers and your gratitudes and when you have a nice hefty bundle then you i take them on a journey and, and they offer it to the goddess and she actually devours them as well. So this is for people who are, they don't have to be advanced, they just have to be willing to know that they're going to be safer than anywhere in the world while they're in the belly of this goddess and they're living the rest of their lives at the same time.
0: How did you discover all of this?
1: Well, I've led more than 60 trips to Egypt. Okay. (laughs) And I've taught, 20 years of the Egyptian Mysteries with Normandy Ellis, who is both a scholar and a priestess, Mm -hmm. and also reads the hieroglyphs. And we um, managed to uh, build in the process a temple that's consecrated in the ancient way. And so we learned by teaching, because it's always different. And over the years, we've developed relationships with the Pantheon. And Sekhmet is, it's her time, because we are so out of whack. And she's known for her myth, where when this happened the first time, she was so upset by what she, she saw when she came to the planet to deal with things that she just started murdering everybody. And they had to, according to the myth, the way it was translated, trick her into um stopping. But they actually what they gave her, the the special brew Mm -hmm. that Thoth told them to create for her and, and give her that she would think was blood if you could imagine such a thing um, I believe it was the medicine of the day which took her from rage into love and she walked away so this time mm-hmm. she's doing it differently and she by passing through her belly you you become her and she becomes you because you are what you eat. So in that exchange, you receive healing at virtually every level. It's an amazing process. It's, it, I don't think there's anything else that, that you know, even you, comes close.
0: We've got to take our commercial break in about a minute, but you, you said you are what you eat. Now, I love hamburgers, but I haven't turned into a cow. I love fish. <laughs> I haven't turned into a fish. I love vegetables. I haven't turned into a vegetable. So how can we say with any certainty? Certainty and and how can we actually use this as a as you know as an example? Um, I'll wait till after the
1: commercial break. All right, it's a really good question.
0: All right, stand by, Nikki. Nikki Scully is our special guest the hour. Exxon Nation www.shamanicjourneys.com. This is the Exxon. I'm Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to uh, send me an email, Exxon at XOneRadioTV.com, on all social media sites, XOne Radio TV, and you can find out the broadcast schedule for each and every day with our compliments on the Exxon Broadcast Network at www.xzbn.net. Geez, now I've got to remember what I had for supper. Hmm. I had turkey (laughs) povolone at Costco with my wife. Let me see. So, turkey, turkey, okay. Uh, I also had some ice cream. (gasps) Bad me. I hope my doctor's not listening to that. But anyway, we'll talk with Nikki on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Nikki Scully is my special guest. Exonation, Nation, shamanicjourneys.com. Right, Nikki. Before we went to the commercial break, uh, you kind of said that um, you know when the when Sekmet puts you in her stomach, you are protected because you become what you eat. Explain that to me, please.
1: Well, okay, we're we are all alchemists. If you ate that hamburger. Mm-hmm. Your body knows how to separate out the parts that are useful, what's going to make muscle, what's going to feed bone, what's going to, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, what to give off as waste. Well, when you take this offering and have put all the things that you want transformed in it, and she eats it and she goes through all that, that she... Consciously consciously um, divvies you up, so to speak, in the digestion process. I see. And it takes you down to your essence.
0: Metaphorically once, speaking here. What? Metaphorically speaking.
1: Well, that depends. If you're having the experience, it's not exactly metaphorically.
0: But if you're alive, it doesn't make any sense it 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 doesn't oh. make sense that it, it, that if i put my this this bundle together and you know the uh Sekhmet eats it and me i and end up in her then? belly uh unless i am dead it cannot be well, anything well, else but this metaphorically it's a
1: shamanic journey <laughs> this is like your subconscious mind does not differentiate between what's a dream, a vision, your imagination,
0: or oh. a shamanic journey. So this is a, strictly a shamanic journey. Absolutely. Okay. It's,
1: it's S- alchemy.
0: But it's, how can it's, a, no, wait a sec now? No, once again, how can a shamanic journey be alchemy? Because alchemy is the changing of one material to the next. How, does, well, this that's what we're this
1: how You're does this apply doing with work?
0: But how does this apply to yourself. a conscious... it's a spiritual essence? So of it doesn't change the
1: spiritual essence. That's what our essence is.
0: I, I understand so that, cool. but I'm trying to realize I'm trying to put into some way that I can understand how a shamanic have journey Have you ever can-
1: experienced shamanic death?
0: No, I haven't even experienced mortal death yet, thank God.
1: Have you ever have you ever done a, a vision quest, like a classic vision quest with a medicine man? And
0: mm, I, I did I- it once with a bottle of J.D. Mm. <laughs> take
1: it. Is it fair to ask you if you've taken psychedelics?
0: Yes, it's very fair. And no, I haven't. I've been. I was a police officer before getting into radio, and one of my one of the thrills in my life was throwing people who use drugs into jail. <laughs>
1: So you don't differentiate between psychedelics and heroin?
0: They're illegal drugs. The person who uses that should be thrown in jail.
1: Well, because of that, Mm -hmm. um, and because I started using them before they were made illegal. Okay. When they became illegal, Uh it became a whole different deal. And particularly, since I don't know if you know my background, but I first went to Egypt with the Grateful Dead in 1978 because my husband was their original manager.
0: Yeah, I I remember that, that you you were involved with the Grateful Dead. I remember that.
1: So, you know I have this this history and this psychedelic background. Mm -hmm. Well, when I realized that I was becoming a teacher, I made a commitment to teach in a way that people would not have to take illegal substances but uh, could have that same
0: experience. level of
1: transcendent experience without drugs. And so I've spent my life, and I'm 75 years old now.
0: Oh, come off it. You don't even sound 45 years old.
1: <laughs> Flattery's not going to get you anywhere. <laughs> well, <I> bet. <laughs> but thank you. You're welcome. Um, um, so, so let me ask yeah. you,
0: let me ask you this, All right, let's get back on track here because my mind is starting to wander. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to go with the Grateful Dead and I have decided, nah, let's get back to the book. Um, you, you said that the last time, um, uh, no one for, for the myth of the first time when sec. Uh, Sekhmet was was very violent. She killed people. How do we know that this time around she won't do the same?
1: Because nothing is static. We're all growing, whether you're, uh, and evolving. And we all learn from our experiences. So even the gods aren't static. Well. The thing is, is that, okay, I was raised Jewish. Okay. And the idea of goddess was absurd to me. Mm-hmm. And one night my husband sat up, not my, that rock star husband, but my current husband. How many husbands said, have you had?
0: Huh? How many husbands Three? have you had? Three. You devil, you.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I, I, it's worth it to get to the one <laughs> I've got now. <laughs> he's, he's the visionary in the family, and he's really
0: and you're the mover and the groover.
1: Well, I I'm, I'm the I'm the voice and the one that can go out in the world and articulate it.
0: Like I said, the but, mover and the groover.
1: Yeah. But we're collaborators. There you go. And so um
0: he sat up in bed
1: and said, "Who is this goddess anyway?" Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, I, I don't know, but I suppose that if since you asked the question, we're going to find out. And um, when I started taking people to Egypt, Mm -hmm. I had already started developing relationships with various deities in the Pantheon, and they've been very generous with us creating all these magical experiences. But there's a little chapel in Karnak, which is in Luxor, where there's a statue of Sekhmet, um, a black granite mm-hmm. statue that's been there for 3,500 years. And when we go there, which we've had to smuggle ourselves in there because it's been off limits for a long time.
0: So you break the law, okay?
1: Well, we, we have fun doing it.
0: <laughs> you rebel
1: in Egypt. Oh. To meditate is illegal in Egypt.
0: So why Seriously. do you keep going to Egypt, then, if it's illegal to do all the fun stuff?
1: Because you just work around it.
0: So you, so you break the law in order to have a good time because you're on a spiritual quest.
1: Well, now, think about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. What kind of a law is it that says you can't breathe?
0: Well, they like didn't say... they even
1: you close your eyes
0: mm-hmm.
1: and focusing on a prayer... They're going to kick you out.
0: Well, don't you think as, as a tourist visiting another land that as an American representing the United States of America as a tourist that you'd want to obey the land, the laws of land to the country that you're visiting?
1: Yeah. So what I do is I buy private permits and I rent the temples and then we have them to ourselves and we can do what we want.
0: So you're not breaking the law, right?
1: No, we're just doing our work. But We've already rented the temples. They've okay. given it to us. We can do what we want.
0: Uh, okay, so there's no breaking of the law or there's no circumventing of anything. You're doing it in the up and up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so so how what significance does Sekhmet have over the other
1: Well, that's deities. what I was going to get to. Okay. At the beginning of every trip, we asked mm-hmm. people why they came to Egypt. And they had all kinds of reasons and things they were looking for. But when we go to her chapel, mm-hmm. and when they stand before her, they have an experience that they can't explain. And it happens to pretty much everyone. And at the end of the trip, they all acknowledge that They came because she somehow called them. Now, I can't explain this. Mm
0: -hmm. You
1: know, shamanic experience isn't something that you can articulate and explain. You simply have to have it.
0: But if you can't articulate it or explain it, how do people know they actually have them?
1: Because when I take them on the journey, they have an experience. And if they feel it, There's no way that anybody can make that happen. Like, you can fool somebody with with vision. You Mm -hmm. can fool somebody in a lot of ways, but you can't make goosebumps.
0: Oh, I don't know about that. but.
1: You think you could make somebody have goosebumps?
0: Oh, I used to do that all the time in the police force as an investigator and during an interrogation. Oh, yeah, I can do that. I can do that with guests on, on the show. I can do that with my children.
1: Go ahead, give me some goosebumps. This I gotta experience.
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. You give me, you give me the. You know, we were talking about um, shamanic journeys and how people can feel it. And if you can tell me how people are knowing, how people know that they're having a real shamanic journey, or do they now, have to? Or, or do they
1: make them a shaman?
0: No, no, no. no. I, I understand that. I understand that. I understand that. I understand that. I understand that.
1: It's it's the people. It's their feedback. How are their lives changed? What's different in their lives? Is the gives veracity to the work. Okay. There's nothing that I can say that does. But the hundreds of people that have done this would be able to tell you their experience. All right. And stand I'm by. So we've got we've got, to, we've, got we've
0: got to take a break. We'll be back on the other side as we go to the newsroom. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Exxon Broadcast Network. I'll be back on the... From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. ABS Media Nikki Scully is my guest. Uh, Nikki is the young lady behind shamanicjourneys.com. And Nikki, why would people have to go to Egypt to experience this feeling uh, while they stand at the base of the sculpture or the statue of Sekhmet? Why couldn't they get the same if you're taking them on a shamanic journey from someplace in the United States?
1: They do all the time. In fact, I'm starting a class on Thursday Mm -hmm. night that I'm doing by video chat on Sekhmet, and we do the whole, we go through the whole transformation process.
0: What does the transformation process entail?
1: It entails them preparing by determining what they want to change in themselves, what, you know, characteristics they see as flaws that are holding them back, weaknesses, illnesses, things like that, and... Um, oh, I'm trying to remember exactly how you phrased your question.
0: Okay, let me ask. Let me ask you this: You take somebody who is going to participate in this uh, shamanic journey to Sekhmet. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. How do you prepare them?
1: Well, I, I first we deal with fear,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that we do that with a shamanic journey. Okay because the idea of being devoured could be frightening to people who aren't experienced in shamanic ways and are not used to having shamanic death, illumination, and rebirth.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and so we deal with fear and we go. I take them on a journey to the Sphinx where they, you know, in a sense, ask permission to go through these mysteries because we see that as the guardian of the mysteries and they're, they're given a bundle of some other things that they have may have forgotten or neglected to take with them and to analyze and to tie knots for as well. And then um, when they're ready, mm-hmm. then we journey and I explain what's going to happen ahead of time so nothing's going to surprise them or shock them. But it's a different experience for every person. But many people have come to me because they were at the Metropolitan in New York or at the Louvre or the British Museum or in Chicago or any of the places where her statues have wound up and said, I'm coming to you because I had an experience at this museum with this statue." that it spoke to me, and I don't understand it, and I want to know why. And that's my signal, well, they've been called by her.
0: Why are only certain people called?
1: Because they have to be people that are willing to be truth speakers, that are willing to be warriors for ma'at, for that concept of truth with a capital T of justice and balance and cosmic law, not people's law.
0: But you're just talking about ordinary people here. You're not talking about real warriors. You're not talking about... uh,
1: Oh, yes I am. Ordinary people are real warriors.
0: Maybe in their minds they are, but take a look at society. You can't, you can't tell me that this world that we're in is full of warriors seeking the truth with the mess this world is in.
1: Well, I'm sure finding a lot of them. Um, 200 of them showed up on my call for well, planetary healing. Yet actually, more like 250 wow. um, that I did the other night because they're looking for ways. And in this work, through mm-hmm. these shamanic journeys, they experience change.
0: Well, let me ask you this. if If, if Egypt is the focal point of all these deities, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, well, I that's should say, one Okay, let, let me let me just use Sekhmet, for example. If she okay. is the deity in Egypt, Egypt itself has a hell of a history. How come she didn't help her own people? Or the land that she has governance over? The people she has governance over?
1: There... That died of corruption you know a couple of thousand years ago but it did last longer than any other civilization we can look at well no not really mm-hmm. i mean uh, the hindu civilization has been alive but i don't know whether it had started back then or when it started but okay. um but these are all you know there are living traditions that still function in this way. I mean, the, the Tibetan Buddhists keep their deities alive by saying puja and, and by interacting with them to keep them alive.
0: Could we say the same in, t- in today's uh, society? That we keep Santa Claus alive, the Easter Bunny alive, Cupid alive, the little leprechaun on St. Patrick's Day. Are these other examples of how we in modern-day society keep traditions alive?
1: Well, I think there's a difference between uh, where Christmas came from is mm-hmm. so different than where it is now. hmm that I just don't even see how that is an example.
0: Well, it's very simple. It's an example because every December the 25th, children around the world open Christmas gifts that came from Santa Claus, who is a little fat man, sits in a sleigh and is pulled around the earth by eight tiny little reindeer. That hasn't changed in years. Yes, but it has changed (laughs) because... To the,
1: you know, a thousand years ago they weren't. Even 200 years ago. But
0: what I'm saying is that modern society talks about Santa Claus. No one that I know has ever talked about Sekhmet. Well,
1: but <laughs> you'd have to know people that are interested in the ancient Egyptian Theosophy and why that, why what made them um, so passionate as to put the effort that they built, that they put into building those temples and encoding them with all this knowledge.
0: All what? That, no, all what knowledge? I, I, I haven't seen You're any great I haven't seen any great knowledge come out of Egypt.
1: Well, then what's you the great don't knowledge? The same books that I do.: But what's the great knowledge you don't Go to
0: Egypt What is the great knowledge? How is the great knowledge of ancient Egypt applied here in the United States and Canada, North America or anywhere else in the world in today's society?
1: The people that i work with mm-hmm. are committed to doing whatever they can to improve this world and it's different for each of them okay they're also committed to use the capacities that are inherent in all of us to help and heal one another that we that have atrophied because our culture does not support that our culture supports Western medicine, which yeah. I do, too. I'm a bridge. I'm a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. And When I went to Egypt to ask for direction, right. I was told to go back and get surgery and do chemotherapy. And I'm going, why? Mm-hmm. And they said, because you, you know, well, I didn't have the discipline to do it myself, and sure. I knew it. yeah. And um, I need to be able to communicate across all social barriers. So I grew up in Beverly Hills, but I dropped out and became part of the Grateful Dead family. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, I, I, I've covered the range and I've done a lot of traveling To many countries where where magic is still alive but it's not in Egypt unless you go in with an open heart and the right questions and then it opens up Mm. then you don't have to be someone like me but you have to be a person who's seeking to understand what they've tried to say what was so important that they built those temples those massive temples and covered them with instructions
0: but we're looking at a society that had very little knowledge of the real world around us they had to in order to survive create their own their own myths their own legends to try and make sense of a world that to them was very puzzling they didn't know anything about biology. They knew nothing about astrophysics, quantum oh, physics. You are so wrong. No, I am so right. Because if that is the case, if that is truly the case, how come we had to, re- how come we had to learn all this over again instead of just going to the, the temples in Egypt, getting the instructions off the shelf, and saving ourselves a lot of work and saving <laughs> a lot of lives?
1: Well, some of us do that. Some of us do go to Egypt
0: mm-hmm.
1: and read what's on those walls yeah. and then bring that back and share them with people and those people have a different view of life than than others. I see. Well, and I'll... that's just you know there's a sure. that's the, the diversity of this country and this culture that we have the freedom to do that.
0: All right, stand by. We've got to take our final break. Exxon Nation, Nikki Scully's our special guest www.shamanicjourneys.com and we'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada on the Talkstar Radio Network Exxon Broadcast Network Mutual Broadcast Network Digital Broadcast Network Sirius Satellite Network and iHeart Radio Don't go away or Skype at elizabeth.joyce and for more information you can always visit Elizabeth Joyce online at www.new-visions.com WilliamSPeckham.com. And welcome back, everyone. Nikki Scully is our guest, www.shamanicjourneys.com. Nikki, what is the difference between the shamanic way of looking at life compared to those who practice Catholicism or any other of the uh, religious philosophies that are not connected with Egypt or spiritual travel?
1: Well, Christianity is definitely connected with Egypt. Mm -hmm. Um, Because many, many, many people say that jesus spent a a great deal of time there and that's where he learned how to be the healer that he was but more important are the myths like the myth of isis and osiris Mm -hmm. is the 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 first virgin birth and it parallels the story of of mary joseph and jesus and so christianity actually started in egypt and in terms of the shamanic view of christian of of ancient egypt mm-hmm. that's new that was just published in a book called um shamanic wisdom in the Spe- in the pyramid texts in the last 10 years by a scholar named Jeremy Nadler, who, when he was translating the texts in, one of the, in the Pyramid of Unas, he realized that it was for the living king, not the dead king. So people think that they were obsessed with death mm-hmm. and didn't realize that those initiations were for the living king And had to be done in order for him or her to have a direct connection with divinity, with source, in order to hold the reins for the empire. And so when you had um, a pharaoh who did those and lived by those rules, then you had the high civilization of Egypt. And then when you get the corruption in and the power mongers in, then they would lose it until they could get somebody back in who was uh, true to the actual um, responsibilities of what it is to be a pharaoh for the people.
0: Something you said before uh, I wanted to ask you about. You said that segment came to this planet. Where did What planet, or where did she come from?
1: Well, I, we all come from the stars, okay? That's just science. Everything comes from the stars.
0: Whoa, 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 wait a second, wait a second. Hold on here, I, hold, on. hold on here, hold on here. Where does science say that humans came from the stars?
1: Well, this whole this planet came from the stars and, what and about, everything what, on it.
0: What about the theory of evolution? Doesn't say anything about anything coming from the stars.
1: Well, no. You'd have to go back to before there were creatures living here. When, you know.
0: It, so, are we talking prehistory, pre-prehistory? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so so we're
1: wherever she. she, When I say come to this planet, Mm -hmm. I mean come into the consciousness of the people who are ready to have the experience. And so some people listening will say, "Oh, it's all a bunch of Mm ball," and other people will go, "Oh, I get it. That's why I've been dreaming of lions." And that's why I've been having these thoughts or visions that I didn't understand, or these experiences. And then those are the people that will come and find me or find my book, and and get what it came here to do, because that's how she's coming here this time. Is
0: but how do well, we how do we know that
1: she's not the only one? But you know, I am one conduit for her. Why you? I don't know. Because I'm blessed, I guess.
0: All right. How do we know she's coming here for good this time? Many different philosophies believe the second coming is a sign and a time of retribution. For example, in the book...
1: Absolutely. But this
0: is not that. How do we know?
1: Because she's a healer. Because everybody who does this work comes, um, their experience is, is um, transcendent. It's not ordinary. And you, you'd have to, I, I, I think you'd have to want or know about that edge to walk it. And not everybody is.
0: Is that edge a replacement for reality that people face no. on a daily basis?
1: No. It's a, it's another level of reality that unless you're open to it, you're not going to experience it.
0: So how does this new reality help people it's in their day-to-day new. lives?
1: It's not new.
0: Shamanic right.
1: cultures have been doing this for as long as there have been people.
0: All right. So... Um you call I mean, it a culture. It,
1: most indigenous cultures mm-hmm. have a shamanic base. It's just not been recognized by our culture, and so look what's happening to us. Oh, I We're don't think you can.
0: Up. I don't think you can blame it on that. I think there's a lot else that you can actually point the finger at. But I don't think well, the running, Absolutely. I don't but think I, that because think somebody doesn't believe in a shamanic culture that you know the entire society is going to hell in a handbasket it's
1: true. And so I'm doing the best I can with this work Mm -hmm. to help hopefully make sure that doesn't happen.
0: Would you say that people who practice other religious philosophies, such as Catholicism, Hindu, Hebrew, Christianity, are also doing their very best to make a positive change in this world of ours? sure hope so. You hope so. The ones that
1: I know are.
0: You hope so, but you're not sure.
1: Well, not when I look at what's being done in the name of of Christianity um, in a lot of places in this country.
0: Well, I don't understand that. We disagree. Huh? I don't understand that. Could you be more specific?
1: Well, sure. Look at what's happening um, with... The far right and and in Alabama, and in places where they're still, you know, where they'd like to bring back slavery
0: here. <laughs> right. You're talking about segregation.
1: I'm talking about racism of any kind. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about um, well there was the, ra-
0: there was racism in Egypt as well.
1: Well, you know what? The more recent discoveries have been, and I have toured the village mm-hmm. of the builders of the pyramids, and they were not slaves.
0: So the Bible's wrong.
1: The Bible?
0: Oh, well, yeah. In the Bible, well, it, it's, uh, you know, it clearly okay. states that they were slaves. The Hebrews were slaves to the Egyptians. Do you
1: take the Bible literally?
0: I'm a Christian. I don't take... No. I don't take shamanism seriously, but I do take the Bible seriously.
1: Well, I don't take the Bible seriously, but I do take mm-hmm. shamanism seriously. And it's not a religion. What is it?
0: How would you, is it a spiritual experience? Okay,
1: a, a shaman. Now, I'm not saying I'm a shaman, okay. but what a shaman is, as I understand it, is because that's conferred by community and there are communities that call me shaman Mm -hmm. but I don't call myself shaman Okay, Um, it's one who crosses between the worlds who goes into other dimensions of reality to bring back power and healing for their community now we have a global community. Mm-hmm. And so the isolationism of the United States is, I think, putting us at at, at risk that doesn't need to be happening.
0: Uh, how do you mean the isolationism of the United States? I, I don't see the United States as being isolated. I see it as being global, one of the leading global countries in the world.
1: Well, it has been, I think right now it's kind of on the edge. It's We're losing respect, I believe.
0: I think that what is happening is people realize that they just can't do what they want anymore with the United States because they don't have a pussycat in the White House, and they actually have somebody who stands on his own two feet and isn't afraid to say what 95% of the American people have been thinking, but they're too damn afraid to say.
1: Well, I guess I'm in the other 5%. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you.
0: <laughs> All right, Nick. you want to thank you so much for joining us. And um, what do you say to that? She calls herself a shaman. She calls herself shamanic journeys. But she says that she's not a shaman. I don't know what to tell you, Exon Nation. This is something you have to figure out on your own. I bring the facts. I bring the questions, I bring the theories, and I do something better than give people goosebumps. I get them to stutter. And when they stutter, they're up against the ropes because they know the jig is up. That's what stuttering guests are. It's much more fun than goosebumps. I'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue. Here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.